Hello and welcome to the third episode of Let's Talk Tactics. I'm your host, Zach Burrell. Hey, I'm Dan Boone. Hey, I'm Locke. And this week we are joined by a good friend of ours from the PvP circuit, Vinny Valiant. How are you doing, sir? Hello, I'm good. Um, so again, we'll start off sort of with you uh, before we get into our topic today, which is agility in CT 101 and potentially 401. Uh, <laughs> so tell us how uh, you got into War of the Visions, uh, your Final Fantasy background, what brought you to PvP, uh, kind of walk us to how you got to here. So before I played War of the Visions, I played um, TAC or The Alchemist Code. Um, this is The Alchemist Code is very similar to War of the Visions. It's very similar to TAC for the original Final Fantasy Tactics, um, but for a mobile game. Mm -hmm. um, so a few years ago, well, before about last year, and I started like going off um, TAC. And then when World Visions came out, I kind of tried to balance both, tried to enjoy both games. And then at some point, I just kind of transitioned over to World Divisions. Um, and that's basically how I got into it. Now, do you know, can you identify sort of what made you go one way or the other since they are such similar games and you're already established in the Alchemist Code? What kind of drew you to focusing on the newer game? So... It's quite fun just starting a new game, <laughs> starting from fresh. Um, and it also levels the playing field as well. Well, to a certain extent. Um, <laughs> in TAC, um, kind of the power creep kind of kept selling game bigger and bigger to the point where I felt I couldn't keep up. So you'd have um, some of the new units, the Genesis units, um, where to guarantee the unit, you need about 63,000 gems. Which um, is a equivalent-ish of what in War of the Visions? It, it, I, think, I guess it's about one-to-one. -one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, baby! <laughs> so you, in War of the Visions, we're getting like thousands every week just for logging in as well. We don't have that intact. A lot of the um, quality of life updates as well, they've been going through in World of Visions, whereas in TAC, they haven't really, in comparison. At least that's how I felt. Well, I haven't played TAC recently anyway, so... Sure, sure. And another thing is that the grind... Um, one thing is that hard quests in World of Visions, you're limited to 10. In TAC, um, you're, it's unlimited, basically. You can farm every single unit, but that eats up so much of your time in a day. Sure, And when sure. you're trying to keep up with everything, it's too much. So trying to do both games, and I was like, well, I have to pick one or the other. I'll pick all the visions. And there you go. And then, have you played Final Fantasy games before? Like, do you, Were you a fan of the franchise already? Yeah. So the first one I played was 7 when I was a small kid. Mm -hmm. um, and then over the years, just like kept playing Final Fantasies. Sure, sure. Are, are there any uh, collaborations you're particularly excited for based on your previous games? Assuming they um, could exist. Seven, <laughs> seven yeah. yeah. Well, I'm assuming, because, well, I'm comparing this to TAC again, the collabs they did were outside of uh, Final Fantasy or outside. They mm. did collabs with a lot of animes and a lot of okay. other games like Etrian Odyssey, um, Shield Hero. Seven Deadly Sins, Fate Stay Night, um, 
I'm hoping War Divisions will eventually branch out of Final Fantasy collabs and go beyond that. Like maybe other Square Enix games, like uh, like they make Near Automata, right? And then uh, like I don't know if Kingdom Hearts would happen, but stuff like that. <laughs> as long as it's not an Ariana cool. Grande collab, I think I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you see that picture today? Is that why he said that? Nine 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 all stats or whatever. <laughs> in like Star Ocean and uh, mm. Xeno Gears and like other things in Brave Exvius. That'd be pretty sweet. Um, okay, so then how did you get into like the PvP scene? Like starting out with like when you first did manual PvP and then to now with like tournaments and stuff. So I carried that over from TAC. So in TAC, I was almost free to play and did some of the monthly packs um, mm-hmm. and did one Black Friday deal in TAC. Um, and oh, I didn't with think that, about Black I could... Friday. Ooh. I was just thinking that. <laughs> And with the with that, I could keep up with most of the top players, reaching um, top 100 during the PvP live scenes. Um, usually, I think I made it to top 10 once. Um, obviously, very different mechanics. Um, so when I went into World Divisions, I tried to keep the old mechanics, uh, or tried expecting it to work what out. felt familiar, it, yeah. Yeah. Um, so for me, that was quick in comps. Um, because TAC is just full of overclock. Not anymore, because <laughs> there are units that can just nullify CT on the whole map for every, all units. Mm-hmm. Oh, jeez. Um, which ruined my whole strategy. <laughs> um, so that's going to be like you in three class matches from now or whenever, when there's no quick in, no CT manipulation. I'll, I'll just be bottom of the ladder. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> now, uh... You said you were basically free to play in that game. You're basically free to play here, right? I believe you have a term for yourself that we uh, uh I am a bacterium. <laughs> there you go. Below a minnow. <laughs> bacterium. We all started so as bacterium. Spent, spent a uh, total of 3,000 paid Vizio. Okay, yeah, it's um, not much at all. <laughs> Props. Which is about as much as a normal game, I think. Yeah, it's like about 50 bucks, something like that. Not that that matters, but yeah, Daniel. So the twenty four fifty ones are forty, and then the extra four ninety from there would be eight. Yeah, quick maths. Now, um, okay. So now the reason you're here is because we, besides just you know enjoying your company, is because you particularly focus on like you said, quick and comps. And today's topic is CT and agility. So, uh, let's just start as a group here, kind of making sure we're really solid on kind of the ct 101 and so that if viewers uh viewers at home aren't totally uh solid on either how a ct is calculated or how it's gained or how agility plays into it um we can get that basis before we start talking about more complicated strategies and tactics based around that so uh agility is a stat of course uh it's basically how fast your unit is and let's go <laughs> let's go with lock <laughs> all right so your agility divided by 10 is is your CT that you gain every tick. Uh, uh, when that CT eventually reaches 100, your unit gets to move. So if you have 100 agility, you get 10 CT every, what I call tick, or you can call it cycle, whatever you want. So you gain 10, uh, 10 CT every cycle, and in 10 cycles, you will gain your first turn. So uh, in a live PvP match, you have 50 turns, that first turn, is when one unit has 100 CT. Right. That's 
probably the easiest, simplest way I can explain agility and CT. So I think just to clarify, so the like the whole tick and cycle thing, uh, we're going to potentially use those terms interchangeably because each of us has kind of our own vernacular and we're trying to homogenize it, but it's kind of hard to break old habits. Um, it's essentially inv invisible like checkpoints behind the scenes of the game. So like if you ever wondered why uh, like a unit, say all the units had zero CT, right? And then they have different agilities. Let's just say an even like 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100. The... 100 agility unit is going to get 10 per tick. The 90 is going to get 9, 8, whatever. So you see that there's a turn order of the units based on who's faster, but it's actually because the 100 reached or the 100 agility reached 100 CT first, getting 10, 10 times. And if and if a unit doesn't have 100, it runs X amount of ticks until someone does, and they take a turn. Daniel, you have. And if it's uh, if it's easier if it's easier to remember, uh, Gumi defines CT as charge time. So it's basically how much time is charging until your next turn. Okay. Yeah, so if you've ever wondered, um, I guess we'll just slide this in real quick because it kind of plays alongside of it, is spellcasting speed. So uh, it's a little more complicated, harder to define, but because uh, there's no bar you can look at. But essentially, every spell at like base, not counting any bonuses, activation time, whatever, uh, counts up to 1,000. Now, we'll take Flare. It's the easiest example. It's 200 speed. That means it takes five of these invisible cycles, ticks, whatever, to get up there. And that runs parallel to units' agility. So as units are gaining their 10% agility, if a spell is being cast, the spell also goes up by its cast speed. So actually, it's kind of interesting because a lot of people think um, when you first look at the game that a uh, like a lower speed is going to be faster or something. I, I heard people talk about that before, but it's actually slower. You want a higher value because it counts to 1,000 faster. So when you actually see things that uh, increase uh, spell speed or decrease activation time, what that's actually doing is reducing that thousand down by that much. So say like Marguerite's TMR, which is minus 50 activation time. Now you're just counting to 950. So if you had say a 200 cast speed spell, that's going to make no difference to you because you have to go 200, 400, 600, 800. Then there's no difference between 950 and 1000. But say mm -hmm. your cast speed is uh, 320 that's the difference between going 320, uh, 640, 960, above 1,000. You you do it, that'd be four of these ticks. It'd be three instead with the minus 50 because it would hit 960 and go off. So these run parallel. And that's why sometimes you see, like, if you're using Victor on you horizontal uh, jump somebody, sometimes it's, like, instant. That means the unit's CT was very low over, like, across the board. So a lot of ticks are happening before a unit gets to that 100 CT to take a turn, and that's why it's instant versus if a unit's at 100 CT, when you use horizontal jump, it's going to take those like three, four, or however many turns to, uh, or ticks to go off. Anything you guys want to add or patch to that? Make sure it's totally clear. Just one, uh, one point I want to make, which I think is kind of important, is that when you are in a match, you can click the map button, and then you can hover over any unit to see what the CT is at currently. Uh, mm -hmm. So that, when you want to do some more complicated uh, you know, strategies, Paying attention to the CT bar it becomes important. Right. So that's how you that's how you check what your CT and your enemy CTs are at. Next, I believe it's a it's a blue bar for HP. It's a pink bar for AP. Yellow for TP. Opposite order though. And then there's a green bar under that, which yep. is CT. Exactly. Yep. So one thing I want to add on, um, as far as my understanding goes, is that um, agility is still important for mages uh, because. Um, you gain the cast speed of whatever you're charging um, for each cycle or, or tick 
um, of that unit's um, like uh, CT gain. Um, so units going faster um, are going to see that spell get off faster, basically. It's not directly tied to their agility, though. It's just it trends alongside their agility. Yeah, like uh, their agility affects their CT, and each CT affects their um, the, the cast time. Well, do it doesn't change the cast time, though. It's it's a little confusing to word it like that, right? Yeah, it resolved it. There's like two bars happening, right? Like, so say Medina's at 100. Um, say she's at 100 CT. She starts casting Flare. Uh, oh, actually, but before we say this exact example, um, CT for taking how you even lose CT. When you take a turn, there's a value for using an ability. There's a value for just passing turn. There's a value for uh, moving. Do you, uh, I forget the exact values if um, someone wants to jump in with that. Yeah, sure, yes. I got that. Um, oh, six. Um, if you pass your turn, it takes up 60 CT. If you move, that's 80 CT. If you take an action but don't move, that's 80 CT. And if you move and take an action, that's 100 CT. So it's 60 for taking a turn and 20 for either moving or using an ability is essentially what it boils down to, right? So no matter what, you're losing 60, and then you lose up to 20 or 40 more, depending on how many of those two actions you take, whether it's moving or casting. Okay. So say Medina's at 100, she doesn't move, but she starts casting, right? And she has 100 agility, to keep it easy. She starts casting Flare. She's going to go down to 40 from the move, and then she's, or from taking a turn. Then she's going to go down to 20 because she took an action, but she didn't move. So she's still at 20. Now flares at zero. She's gonna go up to thirty in one and in this in the same cycle, she's gonna go thirty CT and two hundred on her flare. Then she's gonna go to forty and four hundred. These are simultaneous. Until you get to what what would be on so forty, fifty, six hundred, sixty, eight hundred, seventy, flare goes off, and then three more cycles she takes a turn. Now in this amount of time though, if other units were higher, like say ninety agility, they might take a turn during the flare charge, and that's how you get these interactions of um, units taking turns before or after casting or whatever. I hope that helps a little bit, sort of clarify uh, that, and like when we say cycles and speeds and all that. Um, again, I'm gonna do one more check. Anybody else have anything you want to add before we start to talk about uh, individual uh, units and modifying agility and such? Yeah. Um, um, when you have 82 CT, um, sure. you divide it by 10, you get... Are you saying uh, agility, right? 82 agility? Agility, sorry. Okay. Yep. Um, the decimal is also kept, um, but you can't see it. So if you're doing the math, it may not perfectly add up. And Which is weird because have... most of the time in this game, everything rounds down. Yep. Um, so it's not, yeah. it's not too important to keep track of the decimal. Um, I mean, I think that's way too much effort, to be honest. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, the that one or two see a that one or two agility can matter sometimes. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I want to say is that you can go over a hundred CT. So if you're at ninety nine CT, you don't take a turn, then you gain ten agility. You have a hundred agility, you go to one o nine. That nine carries over to your next turn. Okay, so that's how lapping happens too, right? Like so, mm -hmm. faster units. You'll see sometimes they take two turns before another unit, even though they did like a movement and action or something. It's because of these extra little bits adding up over time, and the other unit not matching up so much. And yeah, so uh, tanks versus Katone, enjoy yourself. <laughs> um, okay, so some of the highest agility units, uh, for example, uh, actually, uh, sorry, before we talk about that, percentage bonuses, another kind of one on one topic. 
agility bonuses, like say you're using Sign of House Belve, and you have, we'll say it's only three stars, so you have 10%. Keep e easy numbers. You might wonder why a unit only gets like five agility or something when they have, maybe you're, if you're at 100, right? Some You can get Medina up to 100, but she might only get five from a 10% buff. That's because she has 53 base agility, and base agility is only leveled stats plus job level stats so like leveling zero uh, one to 99 and then your ability or your jobs up to 15 it doesn't count anything from the board it doesn't count passives doesn't count gear so whenever you're getting a percent bonus it's based on that base stat so that's why again um naturally faster units like frederica ziza catone benefit a lot more from these agility percent bonuses however the percent bonuses gained from say say you have secret orders on one unit Plus, they have a Shadowrunner buff. They've got Scion somewhere on the team. All of those bonuses, as a percent, add up together in-game, and it's reflected, and you will see the sum total of those decimals. That's counted as one singular giant percent. And that's also, um, and I, I will disclaimer, we had to pause the podcast and test all of this uh, to make sure we were, we knew what we were talking about, and we demonstrably did it. We should probably make a video about it, like showing all the stuff at some point. But... I was previously under the impression that guild the guild statue is useless at that 1% bonus, but apparently it adds on to. Um, so what we ended up doing was we had Medina. Uh, we found a breakpoint where if that 1% from the statue was effective, it would give her an additional agility based on her base agility, and it did. Um, and we know the decibels add up because she got two agility when it was really high uh, because of she had like four different percent bonuses going on her. So... That was kind of crazy. <laughs> um, we had like a whole 20 minute conversation that we're just going to cut out of the middle of this, but that's what we're here for. Yeah. Right. So yeah, in summary, percent bonuses will add up, but they're still based on the base agility. So like 10%, so we, should, we should clarify that, uh, yeah. on the formation screen, we don't see that bonus only yes, when we sorry. go into the game, do we see it? And, yeah, and that's actually why we were kind of arguing amongst each other as well, because there was so much confusion. Uh, but, but yeah, they do add up. Uh, but you will only see the added up bonus once you go in game. If you yep. if you check on the formation screen, it, it will show the truncated amount. Um, so just for viewers at home, if you have a Max Scion card and you have a Medina, uh, if you put on her, or if you just put Scion on her and go into the match, that 15 versus the 16 with the guild bonus will show a difference. So 15% should only give her, um, I think it was, what, 7 agility? Uh, yep, whereas same. with the 16%, it pushes her up to 8 agility, and you will see that reflected in the game. Uh, but again, like Locke just said, it's only once you're actually on the map, not in your formation screen, when you see that all the percents added up together and the decimals actually count, which is crazy because that is makes no sense. <laughs> but but uh, Vinny, I, I would like to give you credit for you know standing your ground on us and like being like no <laughs> test it uh because we're all better for it now so that's excellent um yeah I may have to and if you are going to test this at home for the viewers uh make sure vedina is the only unit you have in your formation you also yeah. don't want to accidentally have someone gain affinity bonus and yeah no that, affinity right? bonuses whatever like make sure it's you know precise um anyway uh so that's percentages and how they come from base stats only that was the intended point of this um so I guess we can move on uh, with our sort of talk here. Just briefly go over abilities that affect either agility or CT gains, because there's a difference, right? Haste mm -hmm. changes how much CT you get based on your agility. And I believe it, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it's 42% extra, right? So you'll get, um, instead of getting 50%, you'll get, um, you'll get 
42% of that 50, correct? Bonus? Uh, it's 20 to 42% multiplier to each cycle. To each so cycle. So say you get... Oh, sorry. The 10% of your agility each cycle, I, I mm -hmm. believe the multiplier of um, is applied to that. So say you have 100 agility, instead of getting 10, you'll get 14.2. Right. That's, that's my understanding. Is that accurate with what you guys are aware of as well? Okay, so I that's modified. Haven't modif tested, so I'm not talking. About <laughs> okay, that's fine. Um, so then, uh, vitalize on the other hand actually changes your agility value. It gives you twenty five. It's twenty five percent, right? Extra agility, which again, it's a, a percent buff. That's gonna be based on your base. So even though you have a hundred agility, you're not getting twenty five agility from vitalize. Um. So, those are sort of like the ways to make yourself faster. Then there's slow, quicken. Stop, CT average, Ildira LB, steel time. There's a ton of them. So, uh, Locke, if you want to talk about steel time real quick. Uh, steel time basically uh, reduces the current CT by half uh, of whoever you cast it on. So if somebody currently has 30 CT, uh, no matter what level of steel time you use, it'll cut the 30 CT into 15. Mm -hmm. At the same time, the user that uses steel time gets an agility buff. I believe it's uh, up to 30% uh, agility buff at max level. If you can Is it that, that much? Ooh, baby. Yeah, I'll go check the Mafi. Uh, but while I'm doing that, um, if you want to, Vinny, if you want to talk about Quicken a little bit. So when you cast Quicken on an ally, it sets their CT to 100. Um, that's about it, really. Um, it doesn't matter if they've just taken a turn and they're at CT, 0 CT or if they're at 96 CT. It just sets it to 100. So they essentially take the next turn. Yeah. Uh, steel That's... time is up to 20% agility. Buff. 20%, okay. Yep. It's 5 to 20 based on leveling. One thing to note that it, whilst it sets it to 100, it's still within that clock tick or, mm -hmm. or cycle. So if there are other spells happening within that clock tick, they will usually go first yep. before your unit has a chance to act. Yeah, I've seen it before where I like quickened a uh, like a Victora while Salir was casting Shell on her. The Shell resolved, and then Victora got to go in with her newfound buff and <laughs> do her thing. So this stuff does get a little complicated to like conceptualize. It's a lot easier if you see it on like paper or something and explicitly go through it. But we're just trying to give you a general overview. So when we talk about how we use these concepts, it'll make more sense. Um, it's important to note that um, agility buffs uh, like from Steel Time, uh, Vitalize, uh, Lucia's TMR. Um, they don't they don't stack. Um, so if you have vitalize on and you use steel time, it's uh, you're not gonna see forty five percent. It's not gonna be no, a subtotal. Yeah. yeah, it's the, yeah yep. And it takes the higher, correct? Yes. Yep. And then if say the twenty five percent, which is higher, wears off, and the other one had like would have had an extra turn, it goes down to twenty for a turn, correct? Yeah. If it's yeah. if steel time is maxed right. out. If it's the same buff and overlaps, yeah. Okay, and then, uh, so slow is the opposite of haste, basically. It just adds a decimal modifier, so uh, I think it max it reduces it by 50%, correct? Yeah, maxed out. Yeah, so instead of getting 10 agility, or 10 CT at 100 agility, you'll get 5. It's essentially slow. It goes the other way. Um, stop. Effect. Wait, sorry? I said that's quite a powerful effect. I just haven't really used it much. Yeah, I, I remember that's actually how I dealt with... Uh, Actually, I guess that's not so true. But it's sometimes how I deal with uh, evade units. I'm just like, take less turns. I'll deal with you later <laughs> and try to kill the rest <laughs> of your team first. This was before I had like high agility stuff. Um, 
So then stop is a weird one. Um, we're not totally comfortable telling you exactly how it works because there's some inconsistencies in testing. But the description of it is uh, basically you stop gaining CT. So if you're at like 20 CT, you get stopped. You just sit at 20 CT for, as the, as the uh, data mines define, a third of the remaining turns. Now, it's not clear how that works in terms of missions that have, say, no limit on turns. We don't know how to calculate that yet. However, when in a PvP context, it's going to apply somewhat to the amount of turns left. We just, again, don't want to be like totally like saying this is how it works because we haven't been able to get concrete testing. But roughly a third of the remaining turns of the match, you'll be stopped. So that's why like, if you see someone get stopped at turn 15 versus turn 49, it's completely different amount of time that they'll be stopped it's just we can't tell you the flat value of that is that fair it's different yeah, it's, from what i tested but it's uh it's interesting to note that um i think i think this is probably um where i would want to chime in with um how the the turns progress you know like mm -hmm. uh the ct expenditures like if you if you're not spending as much ct each turn like you're going to have turns go faster um uh, so that's that's part of why it complicates the testing yeah. is because um you know 30 percent of the remaining turns is still a fluid amount because of the decisions that you make in those turns and then Vinny, what were you saying did a test earlier that that seemed to say that seems to suggest stop lasts 30 clock ticks I've only okay. done one test of this, so I want to do it a few more times on different maps, just to confirm it. So this is us just kind of giving you guys an idea of how stop works in general. We are, like Vinny said, it may work where it's 30 clock ticks. Um, data mines say a third of remaining turns. It's very unclear exactly the precise way it's calculated, but you don't want to get stopped. That's essentially <laughs> what we can tell you. You stop. The effect of it is you stop getting Here's the CT. ribbon. Yeah, yeah, right. So you, yeah. you you stop getting CT. That is the effect of stop. For in terms of its duration, it's not. We, we can't totally be clear on it yet. Um, hate having to say that answer, but it's just what we have right now. CT average a little easier. Just takes everybody in that area besides Eldira and or the I guess the arithmetician casting it and averages it. So if it's some total three hundred and there's four units, each one has seventy five, right? Yep, correct. So uh, we'll talk a little more, or a little bit more about that later. And then Eldira LB just flat gives CT, correct? It, at max rank, it gives 40 CT to everybody in the AOE plus herself, regardless of range, and then an additional 20 if they're multiple of three, right? That's correct, yep. Assuming you have... Or, if she's a multiple of three, not there. If she's a multiple of three. three, right, right, okay. Mm -hmm. And then steel time we talked about. All right, let's move on. It'll be a lot easier to talk about these in context. So... Um, in terms of cards that modify agility, we have Secret Orders and Cactor, giving 10 and 12 respectively. There's uh, two of the unit wearing it. Then for party buffs, I think we only have Scion, right? The Scion of House Beowulf for party agility buffs? For yeah, now, so. yeah. For now. Any other right now. Yeah. So in the future, there will be a, I think it's a Chocobo card that gives 10% to the party. And then they just came out with a sweet looking uh black rose helena card that's like a magic oh, version of scion that's going to get 15 to the party also and has a cool effect on it um so in the future you can look forward to those but for now it's scion for the party and those other two there's a couple other small ones like i think behemoth gives like five percent um their snowy fields card gives five percent at max two percent basically the rest of the time um so there, there's 
some sources of it, but I think the main ones you're going to see in live PvP especially are the Secret Orders, because they give Slash bonus, um, so it's not totally useless outside of the agility. Cactor, if people are trying to Medina bomb you turn one and they just want to have the absolute fastest agility possible, but don't really care about the rest of it because the stats are pretty crap. <laughs> and then, of course, you're going to see Sign of House Bailiff because everyone loves having party-wide agility. Um, let's get more into the actual <laughs> kind of topic today. Uh, so how would each of you, or how do each of you approach building teams and how does agility factor into those builds? Um, I'm going to start with Daniel. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I really enjoy diving into, um, working around agility with your team because it's, uh, it's such an, an integral part to PVP. Um, whether you're in auto or manual, right? So like in, in auto, like in the arena, um, like I try to keep my units around the same agility so that um, having back-to-back -back turns is more advantageous for um, for closing out, like uh, killing a unit or for getting in a heal when you need to, that kind of thing. Um, whereas in manual PvP, um, I don't really try to tune uh, agility as much because I'm f like I try to get familiar with more like of the team dynamic, you know. So like sometimes it's better to have a lower agility, um, depending on the circumstance. Um, but uh, generally, like for my uh, my attacking units, you know, like um, whether they're a bruiser or um, or a mage, you know, like uh, the, I try to keep them around the same because uh, they're the ones that are going to be needing to react um, as like, you know, to different circumstances. Yeah, I think mine I could just do pretty simply. I usually try to just push it as high as I can while also making sure the unit's doing what they need to. Like, I tend to not sacrifice agility for damage too often. Like, a, a, say a mage might want Salir's TMR for extra man-eater on spell casts. Um around magic damage dealt. I will usually pick the agility TMR instead just because I want to uh, keep that up, but sometimes I can find ways to get Salir's TMR in. Um, I know, Locke, you tend to go... You like building damage, so how does that factor in? Like, if you had... I don't know if you have Salir's TMR, but, like, would that sway you to... I don't have use? the TMR, so that's mm -hmm. an easy decision. <laughs> um, uh, but in terms of agility building, I mean... It, uh, the thing is, I started with gunners, so gunners, I need to go fast. If I go second, I probably lose. <laughs> so I, I had to build a lot of agility uh, into that. Uh, nowadays, whenever I am building a team, I kind of look at the common threat. So for example, Medina Bomb is a common threat that you will face in live PvP all the time. So uh, in my opinion, there are two ways to survive it. You can either outlast it, or you can go faster than her. So if I'm having a squishy unit, like for example, Victora, who will probably die to a Cosmo Plume, I will try to um, bring up her damage a lot. But if a Drain will likely survive it, I don't need to worry about his, about his agility so much. Okay. Sorry, I meant her agility up, not her damage up when I was yeah, referring to Victora. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I figured. <laughs> um, so, you know, that, that's, that's, that's kind of what I, I think about in a very uh, simplified way. But if I'm looking at like specific strategies, then I need to get the agility to be exactly right. Like I don't need it to be high or low. I need to, mm -hmm. to be exact for a right. strategy to work, right? Um, and and that's uh, like to be honest, I, I go pen and paper and like actually write down what I need <laughs> and, and get to that number or close to that number. 
So on that same vein, oh, sorry, did you have anything? Uh, yeah, so um, that's... I meant Locke, but... No, you're good, go. Um, go for I, it. Uh, so in the same vein as like being prepared, um, I think uh, it's good to know going in uh, to manual PvP in particular, um, the affinity bonuses involved with, uh, with like keeping your units within range. Um, when you're approaching the strategy of like how high you want your agilities to be. Initial positioning mattering a lot in that case. Yeah, yeah definitely. That's why a lot of people say like it's not worth their 15 seconds to do initial position, but like if you want to be consistent and like you want to win, you want to take those first turns, you have to worry about it. Like you just, there's no way around it. So I was going to say along the same vein of tweaking agility for a specific strategy, Vinny, you are... One of the primary people I think of whenever I think of double quicken comps. So comps where you have a very high output DPS unit, and then you have two time mages with, I believe, basically the same agility that you can always stack double quickens to take like three turns in a row. Tell us a little bit about that and how you, how you, I mean, you said you got it from TAC, so kind of why you like that strategy and then how you tune for it. So I'll talk. From the Alchemist code, everyone's just so pumped out with damage that you can one-shot almost anyone. So Overclock just kind of, oh, attack is called Overclock, and that basically guarantees or that it doubles your move, doubles your range by like doubles your doubling your movement. It doesn't double your range. It kind of it increases your range by your movement because you get to move. Because sure, you take two turns. And yeah. Use your use your self buff to increase your damage and then you move again and then you deal the damage and new people mm-hmm. so i tried to do the same thing here um i started the game with aileen um so throwing her out going good clicking on um stabbing through sids that was pretty fun <laughs> um but let me talk about um single quickens first so the if you're building a quicken comp you want to get that infamous double turn in. You move, move again, or something, um, and the opponent doesn't get any chance to react. Um, in terms of agility tuning, that you either want your the person you want to quicken either be a little bit faster or a little bit slower. If they're a little bit slower than your time mage, that means that when you quicken them, you're damage unit should be able to move, get quickened, and then move again. If your your damage unit is faster, what I tend to do is haste myself and match the other unit in terms of moving and actions. So you know how we were talking about earlier, if we both move, we both take an action, we both use 100 CT. That basically keeps things in line, and if you self-haste with the time mage, time mage will then become faster than your damage unit, which gets to the perfect um, double turn moment. Now, are there? That to oh, sorry. Uh, you first. I was gonna say, are, are there particular breakpoints that you've noticed, like say seventy-five and eighty, or seventy-eight, eighty-four, like whatever, like numbers of agility that you tend to tune to to make each of those happen? Nah, I tend to go as fast as possible. Okay. <laughs> as fast as I can push it. So right now I've got 
I'll go into the double team and then talk about my team. So sure. I'll double quicken, then my team. So double quicken is doing the same thing, but with two time mages. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a bit harder because you're now juggling three units at once. Um, and I'll talk about in practice later how actually in practice it's still really hard. Um, if you have two time mages at the same clock, at the same agility, then you don't have to balance their CTs as often. Um, so when they, so you both self haste, they both end up faster than your damage unit, and then you can both double quicken the damage unit, so they hopefully get three turns. Mm -hmm. One issue is, as we talked about earlier with the clock ticks, if two spells are happening within the same clock tick, they both resolve um, at the same time. So you'll get quick an animation, quick an animation, take one extra turn, essentially. Yep, exactly. Yep. yep. But you're still going to get a double turn. So quite a few months ago, Locke mentioned if you take off speed cast, which basically speeds up your quickens, then you can mismatch it by a clock tick, effectively. So that's how you can get your person, your damage move, damage unit having a turn, mm -hmm. then one quicken happening, then the other quicken happening. And that's sure, how you sure. get three turns. Um, and then yeah, that's basically how how you design your team. Mm -hmm. It's pretty hard sometimes. So <laughs> in terms of the agility of the quicken units, there's right now it's Gilgamesh, Eleanor, Miranda. Phoebe, Margaret. Um, In later terms on, of there'll be high to low agility, you mean, right? Yes. Yep. So right now I'm using Helena and Miranda. Um, and both have plus 16 agility aspers. Helena has plus 3 agility gear. Miranda has plus 6 agility gear. And they're at 81 and 82 agility. Is like, um, Helena being at 83, uh, 82, okay. um, Miranda being at 81. And that one actually makes a difference <laughs> really annoyingly in game. Um, because every now and then I get a look at them and it's the, Helena's taking a turn and Miranda's at 96 CT. Mm -hmm. It's like one agility actually <laughs> so matters. After all those or something weird things. in the background. Yeah, yeah. Which is like, yeah. all of this is great theory too, So, but it's hard sometimes in practice to really track. Like, we can yeah. give you these figures all day, but re realistically, a lot of it comes down to experience and feel, um, which doesn't yeah. make sense in a game of math, but it kind of is a thing. <laughs> um, okay, so who are your favorite double quicken targets and why? So you want to, well, I'm starting the game. I aim for Miranda because she has quicken and I love quicken. <laughs> I raised Helena because she has quicken and I love quicken. And I chose Victoria. Because she has Dragon Roar, which, which has a chance of lowering bravery. <laughs> so my strategy, well, my plan was to triple turn, turn the whole enemy into chickens. <laughs> and then win the That's amazing. <laughs> that was my whole strategy. Did you ever but, do it? <laughs> no. So it turns out Dragon Roar only has a 25% rate. Mm-hmm. Um, I just decided that's too unreliable. I but had a uh, I had a viewer on my Twitch. I think I don't, I don't remember who it was. Cecil. But they, oh, it was Cecil or, ba or was it Cecil or Basil? It was Cecil. Cecil. Okay, so he brought a triple 
Fisk chicken comp. He had like Shadow Links on Dragoon, had somebody else on like Sub Dragoon who you never see on Dragoon, and then like another unit I think was using Chicken Blade. And Lila, he, I believe. Lila, yeah, yeah, and he was just trying to chicken all my units before I killed him. Basically, <laughs> it was really funny. Um, and actually, Cecil, was, by the way, uh, shout out to him by the way for uh, showcasing that. Yeah, right. And then uh, also, um, I saw today a picture of somebody chickened the two-headed dragon boss, which was That's Mako. hilarious. <laughs> two-headed chicken? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> a chicken with your head cut off. This one can still see. No, um, so <laughs> sorry. Um, okay, so any other... Uh, so you were saying you had Victor for that, or there are, what other yeah. units? Because I know there's two more you use, so I'm waiting for... Yeah. So, well... Victoria doesn't work so well. Well, she works well. She you can't chain jumps with herself because the jumps have a cast time. Mm-hmm. So you can't jump on someone, get quick and jump on someone, get quick and jump on someone. Right. That'll be an insane amount of damage. Um, but Victoria does work because of her limit burst, um, with that huge range and the charm, and because you have those double quickens of that four movement, you get to move around. Um, and get into the perfect positioning, um, mm-hmm. which is pretty handy. And she's safe if you get lots of charms on the enemies. Um, the other units I use are Alien and Ramza. So I mentioned Alien before. Um, she just deals so much damage. <laughs> it's that one day you oh good. my god you triple quickened her against me oh my god or triple turned her. When she, she walked up, buffed. And that got quickened, Earth and Glory got quickened, Earth and Glory again. I was like, oh, <laughs> so much damage. <laughs> the one issue with Aileen is that she is actually really slow. Because um, he's in that below the Time Mage's speeds already. So mm-hmm. yeah, I can't double haste and then double quicken for triple turn. I need to... Hard mode. You, know, you need to manage the <laughs> CT in between. And Ramza is another one. I was just going to say, I think when we played that match, I remember you were, like, very specifically moving a unit or not moving a unit, like, really getting that CT in place so you could set it up. I couldn't do anything about it because I didn't want to get near Eileen. And you eventually you just, yeah, unloaded it on me. Anyway, so Ramza, sorry. Yep. Ramza is also a really good one. Um, you can tune his agility with his um, ninja passive. Um, or you can have five movement. <laughs> that just basically wherever you are on the board I can get you um, the, the Sunshine the Dog yo-yo. shout out to him shout out to you, Sunshine the Dog um, he does it best so he has Gilgamesh TMR um, hmm. and Shout and Shout I don't think they stack do they Um, I don't think they would actually No. Shout and no. Greg's TMR yeah, because they're yeah. both yeah, because they're percent magic bonuses. The Greg TMR should overlap yeah. the other one for while it's duration. Um that being said, I mean Shout gives you AP. AP, exactly, yeah. But yeah. it doesn't yeah, not the damage. Um yeah, so he has five movement Ramza. Just runs across the whole map, ultimate, nuke your team, and then it's usually game. <laughs> yeah, he did that to me in one, one thing match. One I forgot to mention with double quicken comms is that it's extremely AP hungry. Mm-hmm. So, user bells is almost mandatory. Unless Ramza, he's got so much AP generation in his kit, 
then you just eat it through it all. You have to, I, what I sometimes do, um, Ramza shout, Ramza Miranda TMR, because that stacks. Go in, throw out a load of skills, and then I run back because I ran out of AP. <laughs> and if I've got a kill, it's great. If I haven't got a kill, I spend a few turns trying to buff up, build AP again, but that's just like wasting loads of time. Mm -hmm. Pretty annoying. Yeah, Too more annoying the... for the opponent there. Yeah, right. The one day I I actually heard about Sunshine's like Gilgamesh bomb thing a while ago, or Rams a bomb with Gilgamesh GMR, and then I faced him one day where he had I he had Gilgamesh, he had Phoebe, and he had uh, Ramza, and my stupid brain was just like, all right, let's keep my units near each other, and he just boop 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 put it on. I was like, oh fuck, I forgot, and then just he ran across. The, it was that uh the I don't remember the name of it. We called it Island with the really tall hill in the middle. He just went mm -hmm. bloop over that and just like right in the middle of my team, Ultima, like sick. Did like 5,000 damage is ridiculous. Because so he did it on turn one. That's why it's uh, it's hard to see it coming. Because I mean, you see two cookings, you're like, okay, they're going to do a double clicking calm. But then, yeah. you know, you don't expect it to happen on the first turn. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I saw that match actually. I was watching your uh, stream that day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Another, another thing with double quicking comps is that your movement does really really help so because you get so many extra movement turns that one movement turns into two or with ramza that two movement turns into four mm -hmm. um, just spacing wise you mean like because he has plus two over most units who have three you're saying that bonus accumulates yeah. more advantages yeah normally you could normally i skirt the edge of the enemy's range so like just staying outside of sid's movement and then armor crush mm -hmm. and then you can just quick and run in and do your thing but then when using Aileen and you just can't sometimes you just can't get close enough to get that Earthen Glory on all three opponents sometimes right. you only get two and it's kind of <laughs> man if I had one more movement I could get all of them <laughs> Ketone TMR no um, okay so let's talk a little more generally about Quicken in general because it's, it's a pretty I'd say for a lot of people who are first getting into live PvP Quicken's kind of a scary thing to like know exists because you just see a time age on their team, and if you don't have one and you're not experienced, it's really disheartening to just get blown up by what seems like this uncounterable strategy. So let's kind of talk about uh, how we might combat Quicken with various either our Quicken of our own or without Quicken, um, and then I guess the uses for Quicken and why it's important in live PvP. All right, I'll just start uh, with my first thing, which is um, a big problem beginning of PvP uh, of this game was turtling, and a lot of people didn't know how to deal with it. Um, but Quicken can be a tool to break turtle comps because they can't outspace your Quicken movement. Like you were talking about with your two advantage, even just that extra three movement from the average unit is enough to close into the distance and get your hit off. And sometimes you'll one-shot them or you'll at least disrupt them enough that you can break up whatever defensive turtling they're trying to do. Um, besides, like we've talked about Locke before, doing the whole Frederica Ayaka turtle thing to counter other turtles and... Uh, but what would you say is a way to combat Quickener? Does anybody have input on uh, <laughs> any of this? So there have been several times in the tournaments where you just can't break through the opponent's defenses. Mm -hmm. And by defenses, I also include um, evasion as well. Um, if you can't hit the opponent, then that's it. You, well, you <laughs> can't you can't kill them. Mm -hmm. um, and also, yeah, if they survive through, um, 
your on like your triple turn, and they with the with the double quicken team normally it's all in on your damage carry. So if they can take out your damage carry, all I have is Helena Miranda. <laughs> Miranda's I usually build tanky for some reason, and Helena's just really <laughs> squishy. Mm -hmm. uh, so if I don't gain an advantage with that hyper carry, then I usually fall apart. Um, so I would like to add uh, a little bit of my perspective of uh, generally, uh, aside from Phoebe, I don't I don't really use Quicken too much. Um, I, it's not for any particular reason, but in dealing with Quicken comps that I'm facing against, um, I have found the my preferable strategy is to uh, just um, go on the offensive from the start. Uh, generally, Quicken takes uh, some time to set up. Like you need to build the AP if you don't have it, uh, depending on the units, obviously. Um, you need to kind of like fine tune, as uh, Vinny was saying earlier, uh, kind of your slower units um, to getting uh, just getting that sweet spot of like the double or the um, the single Quicken off. Um, so the my goal is to um, keep that from happening. Uh, if that fails, um, the, the my goal shifts to uh, keeping my unit spaced so that um, like you don't get taken out by uh, whatever skill they're using, right? So uh, stay far enough away. You're losing affinity, um, but uh, you have to compensate for at least not losing the game. <laughs> yeah. Taking you know, like the taking the incoming damage, right? Yeah, it's like now whenever I play against Vinny and his Eileen, I just can't have affinity because otherwise I'm gonna get super Earth and Glory, and it's really bad. <laughs> or like I was against a team who had Quicken and Victor, and I just had to make sure I was out of Dragon Dive range at all times. Um, actually, no, it was, it was Stern. Sorry, that's because normally I'd be worried about her LB, but it was Stern, so I was worried about Dragon Dive because I knew he was using Pierce up. For me, I uh, I mean, like, you know, if I get into a match and I see the opponent has a Quicken unit, I kind of quickly scan on the left side to see this turn order the unit. So, for example, if I see an Orlando taking a turn after uh, Gilgamesh, then what I can see happening is Gilgamesh goes, he starts casting Quicken on Orlando. Orlando moves, and once he, once he does, he buffs or something, then Quicken resolves, and he gets to go again. So I can see that already, right? So when right. I see that, I'm like, okay, now I need to, like, if I can, I need to move everyone away from, like, you know, the spaces that would get me LB'd. If I can't do that, then I try to space everyone out by more than four spaces. It's the same thing as, as what you said, Daniel. Uh, you just have to kind of, like, move, spread people around a bit. Um, mm -hmm. Another thing you can do is uh, usually with quicken comms or double quicken comms, you want to have someone that does AoE damage, right? You want to take out your opponent with one hit basically or like you know repeatedly the Triple same hit them. over and over yeah, yeah. so uh if you if you start getting more experience playing uh different units you can kind of see what those units limitations are for example some aoe skills have a height restriction right so if you stay on the platform in in the live view if you match you won't get hit <clears throat> they have to actually come a bit more closer or they right. just you know they can't they have to actually be on the platform to start hitting you so you can start using those that those kind of uh, things once you should get more experience to also deal with that. Uh, another thing, again, as you said, Daniel, was just to rush them before they get a chance to do to quicken you. 
so one one limitation that I find, for example, I, I uh, looked at Sunshine's uh, Double Quicken Ramsa comp, and the glaring uh, weakness that I can see there is Ramsa's agility. So the way his uh, his team works is first Gilgamesh would go start casting Quicken, then uh, Phoebe would go and start casting Quicken, and then Ramsa would move, and then the two Quickens would resolve. So Ramsar needs to go slower than Phoebe, who is already not fast. You know, it doesn't fast, right? So uh, if you if you go in and you know you could have already killed Ramsa before he gets this quick and cast because this agility I think was like seventy something, right? So uh, you know there, there are different ways of of dealing with that, um, and and I think a lot of it just comes from experience as you keep playing mm -hmm. more and more. I mean, Phoebe's not a slouch in terms of agility. Like, she's really fast for an SR unit. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, she's definitely not, you know, crazy. But yeah, she is I faster was... than, like, Marguerite, which is oh, so disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> right. so and she has move four, which is pretty sweet. Just a couple more things to add. Uh, kind of more, like, advanced plays against Quicken. Um, you, uh, If you have any uh, kind of charged skills, like uh, spells or... Um, uh, Dragoon jumps, for instance, uh, you can preemptively uh, try to um, cast them on the panel where you think the unit is going to be ending up. Um, it's kind of a risky play because obviously you can't 100% predict where the, their, the opponent is going to uh, move. Uh, but generally, you get kind of an idea uh, depending on what map and uh, you know the positioning and everything. Um, speaking of positioning, another play that you can make is um, blocking off choke points, uh, depending on the map. Um, so especially like the live PvP map, the default, you know, um, the, the the torches, the the steps, the pillars. Um, if you are anticipating an incoming uh, assault like that, so you can and you, you can't avoid it. Uh, you can try to keep um, the 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 target of the quickens from being able to advance where they want to go like putting a unit say between the torch and the pillar kind of is like a just a wall like if you have a tank or something put them there like yeah. a rain would be a good one um or like if you're playing paladin miranda for some reason <laughs> run up and sentinel and just stand there <laughs> um yeah in order to make it so they can't get in range and utilize that extra turn of movement is that that's essentially what you're saying right yeah, yeah and like obviously like you can't always um make this kind of thing happen but mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's just uh, something, it's something to look out for yeah yeah that's kind of the intention of all of this is like i want to talk about the, the core mechanics which i ended up getting way more into as i knew we would uh, but also kind of just talk about individual things to look for and plays and like ways to play around it because quicken is such a big beast in this like I, jp we mentioned earlier has an entire format now for their class match which no ct manipulation is allowed so no quicken slow stop all that uh haste that kind of stuff so it's like they they were aware that it was such a like linchpin strategy for a lot of people that they were like oh hey let's do one without it i was gonna say haste does work um i think it's just a ct manipulation oh interesting yeah, i was curious about that okay i'm wrong then <laughs> uh so it's only stopping quicken I, th I think it's CT direct CT CT changes so like steel time and CT um, average. Ildira, yeah. LB. Okay. Yep. All right. I'll keep that one in. 
<laughs> so that was a simpler fix this time yeah <laughs> um thank you yeah sorry about that um i thought i read it was uh basically null ct changes on the map but um all right so it's basically just remove quicken um but yeah so quicken is a quite the beast um any other plays you guys can think of that you want to share so lock uh, you have a couple videos that i'll link down in the description below anybody who wants to watch these um you have one with ct average and abusing the hell out of your opponent <laughs> we talked about it last time but you can go into more detail now then also steel timing your own unit yeah I'll, i will uh start with the second video first the steel timing on my own unit so it's just it's a very similar idea to double quicken but i i did not want to have my main dps unit be slow so how i uh what i did instead was i had a very fast victora and i used a thief in this case venera to uh use um to steal time my own Victoria. So her her CT was somewhere around like 98 or something. So if you use CT, what is it, uh, steal time, her CT becomes 49. And then uh, that's just enough CT that when my uh, quicken unit, when my quicken unit starts, my time mate starts casting quicken, uh, Victoria gets to move and then the quicken resolves and then she moves again. So in, in effect, you get that she, she can move, uh, yeah, she can move uh, right after the quicken but she doesn't have to be slower than the quicken unit. She can be like a lot faster, right? So I get my DPS unit that does a lot of movement and uh, gets to buff before taking, you know, before attacking. But she also gets to have like hundred agility. Which so instead of so instead of waiting a turn cycle to like haste your unit and then wait for the next time, you can just do it on that first, basically whenever exactly. you need to, just like steal time, start the quicken, and then it goes. That's yeah. Exactly. Cool. It's a, it just works like right off the bat. And a lot of people usually like usually on turn one, people, you know, come together and buff themselves. Like they use like uh, yeah. uh, Mediana's TMR or something. So they kind of bunch up together and they don't expect me to attack them because they're like, okay, he has a quicken, yeah. but he's like slow. He's like, you know, he used steal right. time with himself for some reason. So, you know, then I move up and use like, um, what is it? The dragon dive and take them all out. And there's like very confused. Yeah, <laughs> and you have happened. that turn too to like bells or buff or whatever you need to do to get the exactly. AP to do your whatever uh, yeah. ability you intend to use. Yeah. yeah. And and so at the time I didn't have uh, Kiza's TMR. So what I ended up using was her own TMR, which gives you an, a huge accuracy boost. Oh, right? true. Yeah. yeah. And Pierce, and, is it Pierce up or what's the other thing? Yeah, Pierce, Pierce up Pierce as well. Yeah. Pierce attack up. So it, uh, it it helped a lot. I was able to get a lot of wins that way at the time. Sweet. Um, uh, and then the other video oh, was there something you wanted to say? No. Okay. The other video was about CT average. So it's the same idea. I mean, I had two very fast units, uh, Venera and Victora. I would run up to enemies and start using steel time uh, to slow their turn down. And as I slow their turn down, I use Eldira's LB to increase all of my units CT by 60, which means I get to have a second turn before anyone else can, mm -hmm. uh, except for that third unit. So I'm using two of my units to steal time two of their units. So that third unit might, if if it's fast enough, it can actually get a turn in between. But usually I try to steal time their fastest units so that yeah. you know the third unit is, it, it does not get in between. Um, so anyway, so I have now three, I get my second turn now. And I do whatever I do, but I try to keep my units together with their units. So it's in that huge range of CT average. Mm -hmm. And CT average basically averages out all the CT and the fastest who'd agility thunk, no. units gets to go again. <laughs> I said, who'd have thunk? No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, so the fastest units get to go again, which is my two 
Venera and Victora. So yeah, I get three you turns. You can abuse them and do whatever you need to, yeah. Exactly. That's ridiculous. Cause so essentially, it's steal time, steal time. They get another turn with the Ildir LB. Do damage, do damage, do whatever they can. CT average, take a third turn, finish them off, finish them off. Is essentially the game plan, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Are there any other specific plays you guys can think of in terms of how to use abilities either as intended and just something that someone might not think of or maybe something out of the box like <laughs> like Locke was talking about with steal time and CT average? I talk about, I usually aim for that double turn. Um, sometimes I usually forget is that I don't need to get that double turn. So if the units just acted, it's so worth it to use Quicken on them to either reposition them or get them to do another turn or to mm-hmm. or do something or to act before the opponent. Um, so I, I do find myself getting tunnel visioned into that double turn or triple turn. Right, you want to get that then, sweet play and then you forget about like, oh, I could just jamming yeah. thrust him or something. <laughs> yeah. I think that kind of goes, yeah, it kind of goes along with what we said last uh, cast where we talked about Odira's TMR. We're like, yeah, you can transpose and get quickened and do some sweet stuff, but you could also just kill them. <laughs> 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 Which is so unfortunate because you, you want to be flashy, but. <laughs> One thing I've, uh, what I was going to say, uh, this is not a quicken play, but it's a transposition play that I've seen with Katone. Uh, so Kitan can get, you know, high movement, and she's also a lot faster. So, and she's kind of naturally evadey. So what you can do is you can start casting transposition on one of your units, move Kitan up towards the enemy, and when transposition hits, your your unit that got gets, uh, you know, moved in gets to move now. Well, you, I mean, you have to manage your CT that way. That's, oh, sure, that sure, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, and for example, it would work well with Agrius, right? Like I've seen, sometimes I, I see like Ketone starting to cast and I'm like scared. I'm like, oh crap, who's he casting in, right? <laughs> and sometimes it might not even be transposition. It might be like something else that I just got scared for no reason. <laughs> right. So, that was actually, uh, I was going to say, that's actually a, a good point. The whole being scared, like you don't know if they're charging quicker or something else. Um, Vinny, when I faced you in a tournament, uh, I think it was the Diablos Cup. Um, you had Helena, I think it was Helena, Miranda, and Victor, because we were forced to use an MR unit. And you, I knew what you were doing, the double quicken thing. And when you were approaching me, I saw charge, charge. I was like, is it haste? Is the double quicken coming now? What's he doing? Yeah. And then it was, it was like haste on one, quicken on the other. I'm like, I can't do this. <laughs> like, you, I think at one point you quickened your Miranda just to get her closer to Victor with Helena or something. And then you got to quicken. Oh, there's so much to. So much to deal with mentally. Um, so that's a good point too. Is like you can all having quicken on your team it can also be a nice bluff if you're using mm-hmm. other charge spells and it's fucking terrifying. <laughs> like sometimes I just use cast time just to you know, yeah right fast cast yeah <laughs> yep. Oh no, I guess fast cast is a that's a right oh yeah so that's what I mean fast cast so, so it'd be off of like Miranda specifically but yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> to the viewers, the idea of the Church of Miranda Wombo combo <laughs> is to... Wait, use... real quick. Uh, Church of Miranda is in reference to a Discord server of Miranda fanatics. Uh, they just call it the Church of Miranda, so there's the uh, <laughs> backstory to that. Anyway, continue. You're not a cult. <laughs> You're not a cult. Join us. Um, the idea is you have Fast Quicken user and uh, probably Mediana and Miranda, you'd have Seychelle or Helena. Helena starts casting Quicken on Mediana. 
Anders starts casting Transposition on Mediana. Mediana moves forwards and casts either the Poison Bar, Poison... Poison Mist. I think that allows it to... Poison Mist, yep. He moves towards the enemy. Um, Quicken goes off, or Helena's Quicken goes off. Mediana then uses her Limit Burst, Cosmo Bloom. Presumably on two different Helena. opponents. <laughs> Helena's as the fastest unit then goes next, starts casting Quicken on Miranda. Miranda, you purposely keep that transposition low level. The transposition goes off, switches places with Mediana, and now Miranda is in the middle of the enemy. Miranda then has a natural turn and moves forward, does something, probably either her limit burst or just attacks. And the quicken goes off, and then she gets to use an attack or a limit burst. <laughs> That's the idea of it. And you've done it to people before, right? Um, I did it as a test run to prove that it works in concept, mm -hmm. but you want it a bit f with Helena. Helena is just not fast enough. So with the agility tuning, you need it in that fast time mage, mediana, right, right. um, or some bursty unit. And then Miranda, if you increase the speed of the fastest time mage, you can increase the speed of everyone. Um, again, in practice, it's very impractical. <laughs> um, it's just hilarious in theory. Right, because you get to do Cosmo Plume, Miranda LB, plus an attack, and you just blow everybody up off the board. Yep. So hey, kind of, use for transposition. <laughs> it's kind of, I can't, it's kind of why um, Chell is so popular, I think. Because she's fast and a quick and user, yeah. Yeah. She's also cheap in terms of cost. So class mass class matches in the future, you are cost limited. So Shell is just popular because oh is also popular because of that. Yeah, so Shell's I think we mentioned it before, but if anybody hasn't heard, it's a upcoming MR Ice Green Mage, Chime Mage Thief unit that gets thief lore for movement and agility, gets a master ability that has speed cast built in, plus has a speed cast passive if you want to cast even faster, uh, which goes back to the cast time thing earlier. It's minus 215, minus 250. And then also has, you know, the whole quicken package and all that kind of stuff in her time mage sub. So very, very good unit, very fast for what she does. Um, and yeah, she kind of ran the show, it seemed, in Japan for the previous, obviously not this class match because quicken is banned, but um, or disabled, whatever you want to call it. But the previous one, it was like most top teams, I think, had Shell because they were cost limited and she's like punches way above her weight, so to speak. So anybody who's looking out, I think it's on a Howlet banner. Uh, if you're not going for Howlet, you might still want to pull for Shell. She's pretty damn good, especially if you want to play some manual PvP and do some class match in the future. Might be a good uh, option for you if you don't have like Helena or Phoebe ready or even if you do and you have extra, you know, stuff laying around, and you want to develop something at the time. You never have too many time mages. <laughs> I agree. Have have three of them, right? And they just quicken each other, and you just eat up turns. <laughs> That's a plan. <laughs> That's the I plan. tried. I tried quickening a stop unit just to see if that gives him the turn. It did not, unfortunately. But I think that would have been awesome. I've tried it too. <laughs> they set their CT to a hundred. I don't know that. I I I didn't check. Yeah. Mm. Some science to do later. <laughs> I think uh, I just want to say, like, don't be afraid to try to um, 
uh, break the break the flow of that like well-oiled machine, right? Um, it may be well-oiled, but it's delicate. <laughs> if you if you get a jamming thrust in there, uh, whether it, whether they're casting haste or quicken, um, that's gonna ruin their day, right? Vinny's <laughs> um, <laughs> like, yes, yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> like, so... uh, you're just gonna have to get in there, um, and it's it's kind of uh, kind of a similar mindset to getting into the whole live pvp scene in general like uh just like jumping into it um learning from mistakes or from uh particular successes you know um sometimes there's situations that you can't really avoid and it's it's really just about having like a confident or um maybe even optimistic mindset uh you know i just gotta get into it so yeah going against daniel in one of the tournaments um i had a triple turn except it was interrupted by one of his turns. And I was like, do I double, do I triple turn or do I wait another round? Um, and that those kind of things are really disruptive. So that's another way to um, annoy me. <laughs> basically. Just, just just have fast units and interrupt the uh, those ticks. Yeah, yeah or cycles. It or... does interrupt the flow. Um, mm-hmm. And you can't get like triple taunting spell on units <laughs> jesus <laughs> yeah i feel like that's uh that's what almost the reason why i avoid doing these like really specific like one trick pony kind of comps because i prefer to try to like adapt to the situation because i play a lot more like to put it in tcg terms i play like mid-range decks where it's like i play a strategy that can kind of adapt to the situation has a lot of tools isn't the best at anything but has variety Whereas, like, you play more of, like, a combo deck, which is, like, you're on this linear game plan where you're very tuned to do one thing and do it very well and very efficiently. If your opponent can't deal with it, they just lose. Is that a fair... I mean, that's, I think that's pretty uh, fair in terms yeah. of comparison. Um, so, like, I don't have as much experience with the tuning. I Like, I've done it... Like, I think I tested the Church of Miranda wombo combo one day, like, just to, like, see it happen. But uh, <laughs> it's almost, like, stressful for me to do it like that because I'm like, man like you said about the tunnel vision i am very guilty of that like i i see a play and i'm like i want to make this happen and then i just completely like other fundamentals go out the window like actually in against i forget who i was against in the tournament but it was on that island map and i was doing a quicken medina team i was like i think it was miranda medina and ziza or something or some weird team and i was either going quicken charm or quicken plume and like I was like, all right, cool. I'm gonna do damage. I'm gonna uh, go run across the map and plume them. So I was like, decider of fate. But what I forgot is if I don't one shot them with a the decider of fate, they get to attack me. So what I should have done was utsusemied because I had Emerald Echo to last for two turns, and then I wouldn't have lost my Medina after I didn't kill any of his units. Um, so like, it's definitely hard for me to like not television on that. So I, I do have a lot of respect for like you and Sunshine who can kind of adapt off of that even when you have this like well like oil machine um yeah i can't do it i'm just like i have my units and like if a quicken happens it happens otherwise maybe i just haste <laughs> or cura a little bit or something yeah speaking okay. of oh, i'm sorry yes daniel oh, um uh so talking about fundamentals and uh you just said cura um like it's it's okay to uh, try to preemptively heal against oncoming damage. So like if you're fighting an uphill battle and you know you're going to be taking, or you're anticipating taking damage, um, throw up a um, 
mitigation or throw up heal like as you're advancing on them uh in particular um like a frederica with like aziza's bells like if you let her get out of control she will spiral very quickly uh, <laughs> on your team with with a bunch of arrows raining down so um like uh, you have to engage as soon as possible so one way of engaging against that kind of quick and dynamic is to um, try to figure out a way to get heals in as you're engaging. It or, works um, well with uh, rain, uh, mm-hmm. especially. Yeah, like, Miranda has the weakness, so she's kind of sketchy, but, like, things like rain, if you have Fryavia built up, uh, Ramza with Chant even, sometimes, if you have him built some semi, like, bruiser or tanky, like, you can yeah. just kind of, like, inch towards them while they're doing their thing in the back and kind of, and then preemptively, yeah, cast heals or, yep. um, or like Vinny was saying earlier, if you randomly get a turn in between their quickens or something, you can get like a chant off or like a quicker heal. Um, I've had it before where I was approaching with rain and I saw the timer was a little like distance, but I saw the like quicken coming. So I just like checked, I cast Cura or like I selected it and just checked the turn timer and it was going to go unit charge, heal charge. So I knew that I could, uh, get a heal off before the three turns happened. And I only got hit with two turns, didn't die, cured up. And then I was out, out of range of dying. Um, so yeah, it's definitely putting pressure on like that and curing preemptively is super important sometimes. Like at least knowing that option's available to you. Both of you have done that to me. <laughs> the tournaments. <laughs> uh, yeah, is that with the double quicking comp as that is all in at that point? If I did double quicken at that point, I wouldn't have got the kill, and mm-hmm. that probably would have met a dead Ramza, and sometimes it did. Um. Thing, if you are trying to, to get run yourself a double quicken comp, um, you do need a fallback, uh, which is why Miranda is very good because mm-hmm. she's a good unit. Um, even without just quicken, her jamming thrust is strong, uh, and she's relatively tanky. Right. Um, if you're running Phoebe and Helena, if your main damage carry dies either due to a misplay, then are you going to call it, call it back? Yeah, like Phoebe can full life at least, but mm-hmm. Helena doesn't really have that same tool. Um, she has some decent damage output, but yeah, she's definitely not. It's not the same thing as Miranda <laughs> when it comes to the survival department. Especially like being a wind unit in global is pretty rough. Because uh, there's a lot of ice running around, especially now with Agrius and Victora. Like Victora's pretty popular in global, I think, compared to JP. Like what I've heard from JP is that Victora is like really popular with us, like a very niche group of people. But, like, I feel like she's much more mainstream for us. Um, and then, given the fact that we have Fryavia in the mix sometimes, which isn't as relevant, but because uh, she's not, like, turbo running you down or something. Um, but there's still a high density of ice units. Hey, what's that, Daniel? How scary would that be if Fryavia was, like, more like Victoria as far as speed goes? <laughs> I just had uh, flashes, like, nightmares. I mean, I already mine has bells whenever I use her, <laughs> but that's so she can uh, bells into LB into spam Blizzaga Blade or something in your face, but and just run at you because she's tanky. But all right, I think it wraps it up for this cast though. Thank you everybody for your insight. Thank you Vinny for joining us. It was nice having you and also uh, getting a little more insight. Maybe maybe it was actually secretly researched for us so we can beat you in the future. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, thank you very much for the insight on the double quicken thing. I don't have as much experience with it, and um, I think it was a nice asset for us to have on the podcast. Um, any quick closing thoughts, guys? Are we all set? We have been Let's Talk Tactics. I'm your host Zach Burrell. I'm Dan Abu. And Luck. And we'll see you next time.